Despite rumors that Colorado is plotting a move to the Big 12, their athletic director has finally spoken out. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. And joining me today, John Garcia Jr. John, happy to have you back. Um, we're going to talk about the Colorado's debacle to the Big 12. Is it happening? Is it not? We're going to look at the transfer portal roster needs and kind of go through the roster and what we feel could be best bolstered, if you will. And then Lane Kiffin poked some fun at Deion Sanders, which we're going to talk about that to close the show. Um, there's always something with those two, I feel like. Uh Let's dive right in to Colorado to the Big 12. Um, we've all known that the Big 12 has been targeting the four corner schools. Um, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State have all had, whether it be an athletic director or a president, come out and say that they are loyal to the Pac-12. They plan on staying in the Pac-12. Colorado was the only one that was radio silent. Um, they never said anything. They never committed to the Pac-12, and they never uh, made an effort to shut down the rumors to the Big 12. Um, and I talked about this with John Canzano um, earlier in the week. Uh, he said that Colorado was probably staying in the Pac-12. All of his people from Colorado told him their Pac-12, their home there. They said that they plan to stay there unless obviously something terrible happens with the deal. Um, I just thought it was interesting that the person that Rick George, the athletic director, responded to, his profile name is at MHVER3. So it's just some random person who... Mm-hmm. Uh, always has the inside scoop on realignment stuff, apparently, um, for the Big 12 and stuff like that. It's one of those accounts where they have no name, no face, no affiliation, but they have a huge following and report random things. Um, and his tweet was, I heard from a source that Colorado, the Colorado board may vote on leaving the pack as early as Monday. And so then Rick George said, there's absolutely, absolutely no truth to this tweet. John, can you kind of touch on what the heck is happening here with, with the Pac-12? In yeah, classic, classic he said, he said, right? I mean, that is that is the beauty peak off-season sort of content type material that we're experiencing here. And look, it, it's the elephant in the room with the Pac-12. I think it's something we talked about probably on our first show together way back in, in the day this spring. And it's something we'll continue to talk about until – something is finalized uh, because there there are such fluid drivers in the sport right now away from the Pac-12. So the low-hanging fruit is to assume that most of these schools are going to try to develop and potentially execute some sort of plan B. And like you said, with that context, KB, it's not like Colorado was beating the Pac-12 drum, you know, the last six months either. So you, you put all of those things together and, and you can't minimize the buzz and the how, how attractive Colorado might be today compared to six months ago. And all of a sudden you, you get some sources corroborating that that fluidity and, and you expect some movement there. So that's kind of been the general perception around this thing for the last little bit. Uh, so naturally, when a report comes out, it's the perfect opportunity for an athletic director to shut it down. And that's finally what we got from Rick George via Twitter of all places, uh, basically firmly denying that a a vote to exit the PAC 12 
uh, is is going to potentially go down as, as soon as Monday. But here's the thing. In journalism, you want to be as correct as possible, obviously. Why you you want to report as specifically and, and as correctly as, as as accurately as possible. But what Rick is denying here can be viewed in, in multiple ways, in my opinion. All he said is there's no truth to this tweet. So does it mean Colorado is 100% staying in the Pac-12? To me, no. I don't think it's that simple. Because the report put out by our, our mystery person, MHVER3, <laughs> says that he's hearing there could be an exit and the vote could come as soon as Monday. So I think Rick is attacking the vote portion of the tweet saying, hey, as, as, as soon as the next few days, something could shake. I think that is what Rick George is denying and saying that there is no truth to this tweet. Uh, interesting, he called it a tweet, not a report. There's not a story attached to it. So there's very minimal detail. So we have to infer kind of what, what our gut tells us to infer with both of the tweets, the original and, of course, Rick George's response. So I do view it as, hey, there's no vote Monday. Nothing is happening as soon as Monday. That's how I initially interpreted what George's response was, as opposed to a blanket. All of this that you're reporting is 100% false. I think he he could have been more detailed, and the reporter could have been more detailed on, on the front end as well. So I'll take it for what it's worth in that there is no vote. There's no news coming Monday specifically relative to Colorado moving on from the Pac-12. Yeah, and I think the funniest part is, too, is I'm not even sure that this guy's a reporter. He just has an inside source um, who's been guiding him through all of this <laughs> Big 12 stuff. And so if he is a reporter, that makes me feel a little bit better that that's the first person Rick George responds to. But if he's not, it's ironic that the first person we get a comment from is just some Twitter account who they do have a huge following. I'm not going to hate on him, but we don't know who they are, who they work for. <laughs> so very interesting. I do like your point, though, because um, going back to it could just mean that at this moment it's not going to happen. That's a good point because Colorado has the Colorado Regents uh, debacle thing where they have – it's not really a debacle. It's just their process. So if they have to or if they want to leave the Pac-12, it has to go to a vote, and obviously that voting will be public because you have to go through the Regents who file a thing with the government or whatever it may be. Um, I, don't really know, I don't really know the ins and outs of the Regents, but I just know that it's made public every time. Um, just like – I think it was last month or two months ago now, maybe when they met for the first time to discuss the Pac-12 happenings was the title of the meeting. And so everybody was speculating that they're leaving to the Big 12. So it has to be a public thing um, Two, like John Canzano said, he can't fault any program for making sure that they have a contingency plan, because if the Pac-12 does finally secure a deal and it's eh, and they could get significantly more money with the Big 12. That's probably the best move. But if, like he said, it's just going to be one to two million dollars, there's no point in leaving for those couple million when it could be earned elsewhere. So you never know what's going to happen in Big 12, Pac-12 realignment world. Um, but one thing we do know is that if you're looking for a delicious snack, but don't ever but you don't want all the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever that's built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just a thing for you. Built bars and built puffs. Built bars are are healthy and amazing and they taste amazing seriously they taste so amazing you won't think they're good for you you got to try this what makes built bar so good well for starters they are all covered in 100 percent dark chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and that's what's even better is they're healthy 
only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you could get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you're, you could still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie powder puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Okay. The transfer portal window opens literally in two days, which, based off my math skills, means it'll be on a Sunday, um, if I'm not mistaken. The 15th, right? My, are my math skills good, John? Uh, that will be Saturday the 15th. Saturday. Gosh, my math skills are off. I never know what day it is, to be honest. Um, opens on Saturday. It was supposed to open on May 15th, but the NCAA had like a whole meeting about a couple weeks ago, and a couple things changed. They turned things around. Um, so we are going to discuss what Colorado needs in the transfer portal. Obviously, they already have the number one transfer portal class. Coach Prime said they are not done in the portal. They recently added a Kent State offensive line transfer. Um, I did think it was interesting that all nine of their offensive line transfers were starters wherever they were last year, whether it be at the JUCO level, um, the FCS level, Power 5 level. Um, For the most part, they all were starters. Uh, But there's still room for depth. There's still room for growth. And I think the biggest criticism that I've heard from everyone that I've had on the show about Colorado is their depth. So what better way to address that than adding more people in the portal? So John, what position kind of stands out to you as something where Colorado could grow there and could kind of take them to the next level in terms of just having more bodies that are usable? Well, you know, if you, if you go through coach prime's words verbatim, he, he says they're just at the beginning of, of their sort of transfer portal assault. So I do think that there could be a ton of movement. And again, let's not assume that Colorado won't be initiating some of their current roster movement, right? There, there's battles going down here over the next couple of weeks still that could very well dictate who stays and who goes from its own roster. We've seen, you know, a couple of different exits over the last few weeks, but I think we should expect more here going forward. But without knowing that information, I would say the low-hanging fruit is quarterback. You know, after Shador Sanders, a lot of inexperience. Obviously, you've had departures from that QB room of, of 2022. So I do think beyond Sanders, there's a bit of a need. And we know these college football seasons are getting longer. Uh, depth is something that's going to be tested much more as, as the, the time-space continuum rolls on here. So another body, especially with a little bit of experience, I do think would would really benefit Colorado because you're looking at a lot of inexperienced teenagers there behind uh, Shador Sanders. And there's a few quarterbacks that are still in the transfer portal with a little bit of experience. And we know beginning this weekend, there's going to be an influx of quarterbacks with experience hitting the portal because of some huge QB battles going down Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, um, Auburn, I mean, it's like all in the SEC, huge battles going down. UCLA is going to be an interesting one there as well. So I do think there's going to be room for a lot of fluidity at that position in particular. And independent of Shador Sanders, if if the goal is to to build through the portal almost primarily, which is I think what we're start, we're starting to see here with Colorado, you can never have enough bodies, even if one of them is your son. So I do think that uh, quarterback is is the low hanging fruit. We should expect some action, maybe plus and minus simultaneously there uh, for Colorado. And then my brain went went to the trenches thereafter. You mentioned 
a lot of transfers coming in on the offensive line. To me, there you you can never have enough. And that's something that Bill O'Boyle has alluded to just this week in that not only is he acclimating himself to these players, but it's going vice versa. And those Colorado holdovers, even though there's three or four starters coming back, they've dealt with so many offensive schemes, so many offensive line coaches that there's there's really – sort of a blank slate there with this new coaching staff. So I do think it creates a little bit more uh, openness in trying to find out not only your best five, but what the two deep looks like thereafter. And there happens to be, I would say right now, I think offensive line might be the best position available in the transfer portal. Wide receiver is is close and QBs are going to overtake that going forward. But I mean, you look at um, the Texas A&M kid who hit, hit the transfer portal kind of out of nowhere if, if if there's a school that you think can come out of nowhere and, and participate and contend for a portal player, Michael um, Wyckoff is his name, it would be prime in Colorado. Hey, you, you weren't recruited by us before. We don't know you too well, but come visit Boulder and, and give us a shot, basically. You know, that's an all-SEC interior lineman. And on the interior especially, I do think there needs to be a little bit more of, of a push because Van Wells is kind of penciled in as the guy and O'Boyle said this week, nobody's really pushing him right now. So I do think the interior talents are going to have something to say with, with Colorado via the transfer portal. Cameron Johnson from Houston, another emerging interior player, I think that is, is worthy of a look from Colorado at this point. And again, we know some more interior alignment are going to be added to the mix thereafter. So those are the two positions that immediately came to mind. If I had to continue, I'd probably go defensive line. I think the secondary is in good shape. The wide receiver and running back rooms are also in good shape. So I'd probably go and stick to the trenches beyond quarterback. Yeah, I think that's the fun part about the transfer portal is, you know, that there's going to be people everywhere. There's going to be positions of every need available, because here's the thing. One, um, young guys go to a program hoping that they're going to contribute instantly. Um, It's just the nature we live in. And for the most part, they don't. Um, we've already seen a couple guys from Texas who are freshmen or redshirt freshmen. They've hit the portal. Um, an edge rusher who I think uh, Colorado fans were in his mention. So I feel like that'd be a good direction to go young edge rusher um, to the defensive line as a whole. I think you have some guys. You got Shane, Shane Cokes, who's the Dartmouth transfer, earned his number, kind of emerging as one of the leaders. Um, but I don't think defensive line, like on the defensive line, I don't think you could settle for what you have. Um, even though there are talented guys there, uh, Colorado was ranked obviously it's a completely different team but still they ranked as one of the worst defensive teams in the country last year they were one of the worst offensive units in the country um it just is what it is the pac-12 is probably and john you could attest to this at the strongest it's been in at least a decade um from top to bottom and so there's really no room to be like yeah we're fine here um i think the only position where they could be like yeah we're good is receiver and even then they have shane hooks um that they hope will be coming and joining the receiver room um there's there's a lot of people everywhere that have talent it's just you need to accumulate as much talent as you can so obviously quarterback is one i think linebacker is another position of need um i'm i think demoy kennedy obviously with charles kelly has that relationship but other than that i'm not sure i'm sold on the linebackers yet i mean levante bentley earned his number already i think he's a no doubter physical downhill and interior type but again depth how is he in coverage you know there's some elements here that i do think could create more more of a rotation with that unit for sure yeah and i think even even though he has experience at clemson it's minimal experience um Mm -hmm. none of these guys for the most part 
um, especially especially in the linebacker room. Um, I think like the defensive line, at least Shane Cokes or Shane, yeah, Shane Cook. The Shanes are confusing me right now. Shane Hooks and Cokes, they have their names are so similar. Uh, and then Leonard Payne from Fresno State, they were both main contributors. But you want to get guys who are main contributors, have the size, have the speed, and everything. So linebacker, I'm looking at. In the portal right now, there's a guy like Byron Vons who is at Utah State via Texas. He played played some. Um, there's guys at Oklahoma like Alston Tarber, Tanner Salisbury from UNLV. Um, some of these guys aren't as experienced, um, probably haven't even played, but they have depth. They have depth potential. And so adding more depth to the linebacker room is a big thing. And also, I think corner. Um, obviously, you have Travis Hunter, Cormani McLean coming. Um, there's Reed in there as well. I think it doesn't hurt to have more bodies, um, especially if Travis Hunter, who should be your best corner, is going to be playing two ways. You never know if he's going to be a little gassed, and you don't want to kind of have all your eggs in one basket for him, really. So I'm looking at this defense. I think safety they're set. Oops, sorry. Didn't mean to hit my mic. Safety they're set. Corner, I think they could add some depth pieces. Linebacker, I think, is their biggest area of concern. And then defense line would be nice to get some more bigger hog bellies up front if as they're called um but yeah i don't think it could ever hurt to have more more tr- death in the trenches and i think me and john both agree on that absolutely it's it's again it's an attrition business and naturally the the bodies up front bang the most i mean it's it's real simple sometimes when, when you break it down so you need more there especially again going back to the o-line especially in this t- type of tempo that we we want to to see established at Colorado on, under Sean Lewis. So, yeah, it's it's a totally different style. And that assimilation, according to the old line coach that came with Lewis from uh, Kent State, uh, it's taken a bit of time because it's a lot to adjust to. So I think that's going to be something that maybe even into the season, we still see uh, a lot of uh, experimentation with. Which that's kind of – this is like a, a hot water, cold water situation. Like how, how much do you take his comments into consideration right now? Obviously they're like nine spring practices into it or whatever. And more guys are on the way, right? Yeah. More, more, more guys are on the way and transfer class. Yeah. But it is interesting that so far that he's not pleased with the offensive line. Um, I think, I don't think he wanted to like shoot them down, but I don't think there was a lot of praise in that statement either. Um, even with having, a Kent State transfer. I think there's just a lot of room to grow in the offense this fast because, like we've talked about before, they run a play every 30 seconds, and that's like 30 seconds of real time, not game time. So it moves quick, and I think some guys underestimate how quick it moves. Um, John, let's get into some pettiness of college football because uh, we talked about the transfer portal. We talked about uh, the Colorado stuff with the Pac-12. Let's get into some pettiness. Um, I think Lane Kiffin could arguably arguably be the petty king of college football. Um we saw it when he was linked to the Auburn job. He totally like went at that reporter and was like, you have no no sources. Um, and now we're seeing it over yoga. Um, a coach prime, Lane Kiffin, kerfuffle over yoga, maybe leading the headlines pretty soon. Um, Colorado advertised on Twitter, and I don't remember the date or anything, but they're doing a yoga session in the stadium, um, which I imagine would be really fun. Um, my, I myself, not great at yoga. I am not flexible at all, so will not be attending. Um I don't need other people to see me struggle in yoga. Um, but Coach Prime's Colorado team will be leading a yoga session. And that is something that Ole Miss did, I believe, past season and it sold out. And so when Colorado tweeted it, Lane Kiffin quoted the tweet and said, hmm, at Deion Sanders, tagging Coach Prime, obviously. And so what what kind of what can we take away from this? Obviously, it doesn't really mean anything, but it's pretty right. funny. Look, Lane is is I would say before before Prime took the Colorado gig and and maybe still 
Lane Kiffin's the other guy, right? If you talk about those who are polarizing, galvanizing, very much unafraid to to say what you feel, Lane has has shot from the hip, um, basically from the moment he went off on his own after his his run at Alabama under Nick Saban. He took the job at FAU and and was trying to galvanize there with some viral content, including his you know his uh, half hearted, enthusiastic or or lack thereof. Uh, come come down to Boca kind of thing, ball at the beach. And, and obviously it worked from a recruiting standpoint and an on-field standpoint. And since then at Ole Miss, it's gone up a notch. He's he's basically gone at everyone from uh, Saban to Jimbo Fisher last year with the NIL stuff about uh, A&M buying their class. That was uh, pretty epic back and forth. And as you mentioned, the Auburn stuff, when that job was, was open in the winter months, he's pretty vocal about it. And he, he just recently – talked about it again on the record and, and that he met with Auburn and admitted some things that coaches normally don't. So, so Lane was, was before Dion in the power five, he was that guy willing to kind of say whatever, talk to his rivals, him and Mike Leach, RIP had, had a great back and forth that was driven by Lane on social media, Leach, not so much on, on social there. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, what with Lane and he's, he's not unafraid to, extend himself even for something as simple as yoga on the field um and and i i have no doubt in my mind that he was waiting for something here he was waiting for something with prime where he could kind of go say hey let's uh let's get some dialogue going because if there's two coaches that know how to keep their programs relevant even when there's no news it's coach prime and, it, and it's lane kiff and that's good business right that's good business for both every few months there are these accounts that track analytics and engagement via social media and Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders are often one, two or, or close thereabout among the most, you know, interactive head coaches in the sport, you know, and, and that's by design. It takes that effort. And now it's going to take a little bit of, of crossing paths for two guys that have sort of stuck their neck there, cut from the same cloth branding wise, and especially in the social media age, as two who have been around the game really their whole lives. So I think it's fascinating and almost fitting that that Lane has served the first volley in this thing. And, and I don't think it slows down anytime soon, at least from an entertainment value. I hope it doesn't. Let, let's make this a, an entire offseason of back and forth and um, get the Rebels on the schedule. Why not? Yeah, I think the funniest part, too, is they're while they're different people, I guess you could say in terms of mannerisms, they are both both very vocal on social media. Lane Kiffin, and honestly, because I think he has a son who's like 13 or like middle school age. It wouldn't surprise me if his son contributes to his Twitter. Like Lane just says the funniest stuff on Twitter, whereas Coach Prime is more interactive with fans. He's like, what's the best spot in Colorado to eat? Where can I get a Kubota or whatever four wheel vehicle he was wanting? Um, It just makes me laugh because they're honestly building their programs in similar fashions. Ole Miss has the number seven uh, transfer class in the country right now. And then they also had a top 20 recruiting class. Um, So they obviously know they both value the portal. They both can recruit well. Um, I think it's just Lane Kiffin trying to, I wouldn't say stay relevant because he is relevant, but it's Lane Kiffin kind of built using coach prime's platform because obviously you're going to get all the Colorado fans interacting. Um, The come to the sip thing has been trending. Like I think, of all the programs, I think that's the only saying that I know by heart. Um, like, I feel like I've heard come to the sip so many times and it's like, if you ask me on hoodies, just like prime. Yes. If you ask me what, like, I don't know, Texas is saying is, um, that obviously they have all gas, no brakes, but like Oklahoma, for example, I don't know what they say. 
Um, but I know come to the sip. Like I, I know that's out there. And so Lane Kiffin has never been shy about creating a little controversy on controversy on social media. And I think coach prime will probably respond because he's a man of the people. I think he, I don't think coach prime will get caught up in social media beefs, but I think when he knows it's a joke like this, he'll kind of, he'll put, he'll do some banter with it. And I think that just kind of shows how they're the modern football coaches of college football. But yeah, you never yeah, know. I'm going to need uh, Kendrick Breedlove, who transferred from Ole Miss to Colorado. I need him to comment. I'm going to need him to comment on, on these two coaches the next time that he's available. So Colorado <laughs> media, those close to Boulder, uh, make it happen. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Let's get a comment on, on Lane Kiffin in, in the sip. <laughs> but this has been Locked on Bus. We appreciate you guys for listening and watching. However, however you get our podcast, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe share with a friend. Um, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the support we've been getting. Um, we're well over a thousand subscribers and we're hoping to continue that number. Um, John will be back tomorrow, I believe. And we will be again, talking all things Colorado football. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in and we will see you guys tomorrow. Peace.